This is NBL Now, our roundtable edition as we work our way through the fever break. We're just trying to plug the gaps, basically, and keep the content rolling because there is a lot to talk about with each and every team. I'm Jack Heron alongside Damon Lowry and Derek Rucker. And today we start at the top of the table, Melbourne United. They are 10-2 and going into the break. And despite what Sydney may have thought leading into Sunday's game, they are the benchmark right now. Despite what Sean Bruce might have thought, yes, the Melbourne United, I don't see any flaws there. They got every position covered. Dean Vickerman has done a masterful <laughs> job. <laughs> now, and we all know, like years gone by, Dean has always had stacked teams. And I thought sometimes they got in their own way sometimes, maybe a little bit arrogant from a point of view that I can just play anybody. Mm. Whereas now he can play anybody. Who the hell is Campbell Blog? Who is this guy? Like, he's just playing anybody. I'm thinking, this is this dude a basketball player? Then I hear that he's an NBL one dude from yeah. San Juan. But, like, to put him out there in the throwdown, I saw him in the throwdown and thought, first quarter? Mm. Huh. Then I see him against, obviously, Sydney. I'm going, this guy is unbelievable. So you, you had him and Flynn Cameron and Kyle Bowen, all these guys. They just keep coming. So I don't see any flaws. My only thing is, if they, if, have they ever played a full game healthy? All of them. Not 47 seconds against Perth, and then Luke Travers was concussed. That's it. It's the only time we've seen them with their full lineup. I mean, it's an incredible team. And as you say, Dean Vickerman is willing to play those young guys, which makes me look at all the other coaches around the league and say, where is your manhood? Why are you so afraid to put people out there and allow them to do what you're supposedly training them to be good at. You're actually indicting yourself by being so fearful of playing young players. Now, I'm not saying you have to play them a whole bunch of minutes, but there's a time a good coach can bleed his guys into games and into the season, and that's what Dean Vickerman has done. I had never heard of this Campbell blog before two weeks ago. <laughs> mm. I, didn't know, I didn't know anything about him. Maybe the other game, Kyle Bowen had 16 rebounds in a game. Yep. I was like, I had a, I did a deep dive on this guy. I'd never heard of him either. And then you look, but it's about the system. It's about the infrastructure. It's about your values and what you instill in a, on a daily basis into your players and what's important. How are you grading them in that case? The only reason. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the only reason they don't get an A plus is because they've lost. They've lost a couple games. That's the only reason. But this team got a rock-solid A-, and they have a team ego that everybody buys in. Golden, if he wanted to, could be selfish. He's not. JLA could be selfish if he wanted to. He's not. Mm-hmm. Luke Travers, the NBA player, he could come in there and he's not. They buy into the Melbourne United way. And like you say, today, infrastructure, their culture, an overused word in sports, but they mm-hmm. have it. A- Minus. When I was talking to a buddy about the game on Sunday, he looked at it and he thought that that was one of the best games he had seen a Melbourne United team ever play under Dean Vickerman. That would make me think it's an A+. But I reserve reserve A+, for 96 Bulls. Thank you. The Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. That is a lofty, lofty level. So I'm giving them a solid A minus. If they win the championship, I'll consider an A plus. If they go like, if they go like 24 and four, 
and dominate the finals and win the championship, I'll look at putting them down as one of the strongest teams in NBL history up there with the 1997 Melbourne Tigers. 2001 Hawks. No. <laughs> Not a, no. I, look. <laughs> I'm trying to make a value. Sorry, point. go ahead. <laughs> I'm giving historical context to my statement. 1997 Tigers. Jack, you remember them? Yes, sir. The 2007 Bullets. I wasn't a part of. They got rid of me before that season. That's why that was so strong. <laughs> yes. Those teams are the pinnacles of this competition. If this team can go strong, Melbourne United, I'm thinking about putting them right there in that category. So to the big three, yep. the, the number one question is Chris Golding. Just trying to work out how to frame this because I put these together before their last game of the FIBA break. And at that stage, I wrote, do we fully appreciate Chris Golding? I think the conversation's gone beyond that, particularly after the Sydney game. This is a man who's 35 years of age. The MVP conversation has to be a very real one now, doesn't it? Absolutely. CG43 is Russell Crowe in the Gladiator. There's, not, there's nothing like that. And the profiles don't even match the characters. This is why. Okay. This is why. He's the leader of this team. He's the one that even when they got locked up, he galvanized the rest of the prisoners to go out there and kick ass all throughout the Coliseum. That's Chris Goldie. John Kane Arena is the Coliseum, and CG43 <laughs> is Russell Crowe. That movie Aurelius of, Maximus, whatever his name was. That movie was full of violence. We're playing a skill sport. It's totally different. It's not even the same. I wish I could come up with something he better. hating on you, but I, 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 no, you call him Gluteus Maximus? No, I didn't say Aurelius. Somebody look up Russell Crowe's name in Gladiator because that's CG43. You get that man a stage, he will put the hurt on you. And, no, I do agree with you, though, in terms of leading those troops. Sunday, they were done. Mm. They were cooked. Uh, Sydney with a strong lead throughout the first first half. And even in the second half, um, it looked like they were still in control. But he will. And I think, you know, if you're talking about... Come on over to my side. I understand that. I mean, I could do without some of your, your, your violence references during <laughs> NBL. I think you were talking about smacking some players earlier in the season. I'm not. But Chris, he's the top eight all-time. Three-point shooters. He's one of the eight men ever to make a thousand threes. Uh, Six thousand plus career points now. Two-time championship winner. Mm-hmm. Gold uh, bronze medal winner. You're talking about one of the top fifteen careers now, probably in Australian history. Um, and the showman in him to come up big when it matters and to be able to. There's something special about being able to captivate an audience, not just any audience, a full John Kane arena against Sydney. Like, I'm not sure in a regular season contest if it gets bigger than that. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Seriously, I'm never doing this again. With you. <laughs> I, I, this is a one-off. I'm done after this. Just one on Golding. Last four games, he's averaging 18 attempts a game. Mm. Prior to those last four games, it was around 11. So as sort of like question 1A of the big three, do you think Melbourne have worked out now that their best chance 
is Chris Golding taking more attempts? Interesting, Dane, because Delhi's not in the lineup. What happens when Delhi comes Ooh, back? So That's Ian, one big. Ian Clark's a different deal because yeah. Ian Clark kind of picks and chooses his moments. He understands. He's won a championship playing this exact same role. But how does Delhi get back in the mix? Because we know Delhi's thirsty for shots. Mm. He's thirsty for productivity. And he wants to prove to the big fella, yes. Brian Gorgeous, yes. that he is boomer worthy. Yes. That's going to be the test right there. That's <laughs> a good call. That is a good call because Shea Illy gets it. Shall I saw win. Shea Illy, this Kings left Shea. It's wide open. Shea didn't shoot it. He waited for Chris to come and get that handoff. He waited for him. Flynn Cameron, he knows Chris Golding's working, trying to get him the ball. Ian Clark, obviously. Delhi, that is a great point. And can't wait to see how that unfolds. A couple of other quick ones then for the big three. Ariel Hukporty, Kyle Bowen, Flynn Cameron. You mentioned Campbell Blogg. You've got Brad Newley sitting on the bench at the moment. And, and there are other players that we haven't mentioned coming off the bench. Is this the, the best bench in the NBL, Melbourne United? Well, Sydney have been very productive throughout the season. But when Melbourne United has that full squad, when Ian Clark, if Vickerman decides to bring him off the bench, mm. he separates them. Um, he's been so efficient this year. He's extremely intelligent. His versatility on the court and the number of roles that he can play is probably unmatched by any by any other bench player in the competition. But Haporti hasn't looked good since that knee injury, and I think this this little break will be really good for him to get himself rejuvenate. He looked really heavy legged uh, in the game against Sydney. I'm going to disagree with you. Their bench. Huck Porty's also looking a little bit down because JLA is looking so good. So them two together, yeah. Huck Porty got to take a little bit of a back seat. Yeah. But I got to look at the Sydney Kings, their bench, championship winners, Bruce, Glover, Noy, Galloway, Hunter, who's now a starter, but last year came off the bench. That team got two, that bench got two championships. So I can't go past them as the best bench in the NBL, although in saying that, United are right there. It's a tough one. I yeah. mean, United did a number on them. And, you know, those Cameron came off the bench was really, really good. It's it's tough, but I would think those two teams right now, along though, with Tasmania, mm. they probably have have the benches that that really compete highly with each other. And question three, and we've touched a bit on this with some other teams around their structure, and this is more an organization question than a team question. Does this roster in NBL 24, does it reflect some of the learnings from last season? By their own admission, Melbourne said they didn't put together the right roster. Is this more of a Melbourne United and Dean Vickerman roster? I think it is because they got the bases covered and they got the right kind of players. They don't have any knuckleheads. They don't have any loose cannons. Last year, they had a couple you know, in import who might have kind of been either way up and down a little bit. This particular roster is full of high-quality, high-character players, unselfish players. Nobody's trying to be the best of anything. Just happy to do the right thing by the team and try to get a chip. Well, I think a perfect example of that is Tanner Krebs. Happy to do whatever is required and a quality basketball player who's a professional. And, you know, he sees his future as long-term here in Melbourne. And that type of person who's just not chopping and changing and looking to improve his stake beyond what's uh, normal expectations, very valuable. To their positives, there's a lot of them. Their plus? In my opinion, is Dean Vickerman. He 
was probably one of the most inspired uh, and motivated people in the whole competition this year. I think he had a point to prove coming back into this season. He realized last year was a disappointment. He made some mistakes. And now you can see what a motivated Vickerman looks like. The victories over Southeast Melbourne and then Sydney were two of the best of the year by any team. And they're sitting on top at 10 and 2. It's them. And then it's a whole bunch of other people. And there's a nice little stairway in between them. I agree. Team ego. You don't have you don't have an individual ego. They got team ego. This is yep. Melbourne United. We plan for this right here, not for what's on the back. Unselfish leaders, CG43, JLA, um, Shay Illy. It's just it's all across the board. They all get it. The only thing they want is the one championship. They just want another chip and they're yeah. doing all the right things. Nobody's gonna submarine it with any individual selfish play. So positive, no team ego. I mean team ego. The minus? Minus. In a tight game, who gets the ball? We just saw. But Delhi wasn't there. Remember that game when Delhi came down, JLA said, well, I didn't know what kind of what was going on. The offense kind of, yeah. I just feel like late in the game, when Matthew Delavadova, who we all love, Australia's version of Rudy. Don't say you didn't see Rudy. Hey, we're going to have to look here, man. <laughs> We're going to have to put a, a, a limit okay. on the movie. Reference too many? Yeah. Refer All right. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, All Rudy right. was a good movie. Okay. Delhi in that role, does he take it upon himself to be the guy? Or does he defer? Delhi may not be in the game. Woof. They, <laughs> he might not be. They got now, so I, much talent. Crunch time lineup, Melbourne United. Let's look at it. Go ahead. Shea Ali. Shea Ali right now is a better basketball player than Delhi. And Delhi is extremely valuable. Extremely valuable. Wowzers. So you go on Shaley, Chris, mm -hmm. JLA. Mm -hmm. You're three and you're four. Which is who? Could be Clark. Could. Travis? Luke Travers. I think Delhi sits just outside of that when you're looking at crunch time. Now, and I'm saying just by standard, by, by default, that's what I'm looking at. Now, on a game-by-game -game scenario, maybe Delhi's going off. I'm letting him ride. I'm riding with Delhi. But if it's a 5 for 17, Delhi, you got to come down here. Because there's not that much separation defensively between Shea and Delhi to live with Delhi's lack of efficiency on the offensive end. It's an interesting point. Mm. Delhi's got some points to prove. He's coming for you next. Uh, perimeter shooting, that's your biggest minus of the season, Rock? It is. And again, it, it, we've got to point the finger at Shaley, Matthew Delavadova. Those two guys have not shot the ball well from the three. Now, Golding, we know what he can do. I don't care about his numbers because when big moments come, he's going to be above 50%. And Ian Clark's a fantastic shooter of the ball. We know that Luke Travers is an improving three-point shooter. Shot it pretty well the other day against Sydney, but if you don't, if you can tighten up on CG43 and Clark isn't healthy, then I think that's when they become vulnerable. So I'm keen to see if Illy and Delhi can knock down shots on a steady basis in the back half of the season. If they do, they're only going to lose one more game. Mm. To finish, in a word, are they finishing first? Yes. Yes. See me, amigo. 
I've no idea what he just said, but that's kind of been the story of this show with movie references and other languages and we just nod half the time, don't we? Exactly. That's probably the best thing to do. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next time on NBL Now Roundtable Edition.